Welcome back to the Deliberate Leaders Podcast. I am your host and executive coach, Allison Dunn. We have with us today, Michelle Molitor. She is going to be discussing how to amplify your success by increasing your EQ, your emotional intelligence. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Gosh, thanks for having me, Allison. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. I was hoping that you would just um, share a little bit about who you are. Sure. So I am a coach and a hypnotherapist. So um, I combine these modalities together in what I call rapid rewiring. And I've been doing this work for over 20 years now. And essentially, I help people rewire their brains with new empowering thoughts and beliefs, both consciously and subconsciously, creating whole brain transformation, both for their career and their personal lives. Um, I love that. I, um, I've never personally been hypnotized. You're not going to do that while we're on this podcast. Are you? No, I promise. I only use my powers for good, not evil. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Um, in these interviews, I like to kick it off with a deliberate conversation. What would be your number one leadership tip for our listeners? Gosh, is to really be mindful of the impact that you are having through your energy, through your words, through your actions and your inactions, because they speak volumes. Yeah, that is, um, that is a great tip. Um, I think that one of the challenges that I see that a lot of leaders have is they don't necessarily recognize the energy that they bring to something good or bad sometimes. And it's just such a good opportunity to reflect and say, like, what's, what kind of energy do I want to bring to something? Um, If someone wants to bring better energy, what are some of the tips that you would suggest? Sure. Well, it's first noticing what is your own internal dialogue? What is that conversation with your, that you're having with yourself and how is it, um, how is it impacting your behaviors, your mindset, um, your communications with those around you, whether it's um, your employees or your, you know, higher ups, um, that dialogue changes everything. So when you find a better place to stand within yourself by turning down the volume on any negative mindsets that you might be having, then it helps amplify your positive energy, your positive mindsets. And that becomes, um, a magnet for other good things in your life. Okay. I like that. Thank you. Um, you have some insight on how to rewire our brain and I'm just fascinated. Tell us more. Sure. So I am secretly a science geek and I love neuroscience. I've spent the last 20 plus years Um, delving into what makes us tick as human beings and why some people are confident and other people aren't confident. Um, My my confidence got shattered in my former corporate career and created a massive case of imposter syndrome, which is what led me to my work as a coach and ultimately hypnotherapist. And so what I've learned through neuroscience and neuroplasticity and epigenetics and, and so many different of um, these scientific studies is knowing that our mind creates the thoughts, which then create the emotions. And those emotions then trigger a whole cascade of physiological responses and chemicals in your body. 
right? Mm -hmm. So when you can start to take better control of the thoughts that you're thinking, turning the negative thoughts into more positive, empowering thoughts, you're creating a shift, not only in your mindset, but also in your, your body, in your physiology, because all those negative thoughts, they create negative chemicals, cortisol, adrenaline, et cetera which leads to stress, which builds up. And over time, that dis-ease, that being uncomfortable in your skin can lead to true, literal, physical manifestations in your body of um, health impacts, whether it's from chronic migraines to IBS to you know the other end of the spectrum, strokes and heart attacks. So simply by starting to change how you think about things, changing your perspective, you can have a very positive impact on your, on your body, which then of course gives you the energy to do your good work in the world. Yeah. Um, I was just having a converse, a coaching session with a client this morning and I'm not going to call his name out, but uh, we, were, we were talking about, um, he was getting um, some inbound inquiries regarding some of his past work um, to have him do more consultative specialty type work. And he's like, it's just like, I, he's like, I'm feeling like an imposter. Like that's not what my degree is. I'm not a scientist. I don't, I don't have a process. We are just, we're kind of working through these things that are, are new to new and there's no process. He's like, but I, I don't know the science of it. I just know what I know to test and I'm muddling through it. And I'm like, so you're innovative, right? You're cutting edge. You're groundbreaking on this. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, see, you're not an imposter. <laughs> I love that. Like, I don't, I can't, I, you know what I mean? It's not my background and like having him see the other side of it. So imposter syndrome is something that, um, a lot of people talk about and a lot of people feel. So, um, what, what are some of the techniques to, um, kind of quiet that side of our brain and the thoughts that come with that to rewrite it? Sure. Well, first and foremost is recognizing it, mm -hmm. right? Um, wow. I have this belief of who am I? Why should I be the one standing up on stage or talking about this? I just know this much, but the truth of the matter is each person is unique in their genius and their life experiences, which informs their work, right? So starting to recognize that and, and then noticing how you can shift that dialogue with yourself, right? You did a beautiful job of it. You took your client from I'm an imposter to I'm innovative, mm -hmm. right? So finding um, the exact positive opposite of those negative limiting beliefs as a quick way to literally shift your perspective. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at both thoughts, right? I'm an imposter, I'm innovative. And you ask your client, which one feels better? They're going to go, well, I'm innovative. That feels better. I'm like, okay, great. Well then do the thing that feels better, right? Because that's what elevates your energy. That's what gets you motivated from the inside out. Even if you don't fully believe it in the moment, the more you tell yourself something, right? Repetition is key. The more you tell something, tell yourself something, you're building new neural pathways in your brain. Mm -hmm. 
It's why in, in my work, I create these custom recordings for my clients and they listen to them every night as they drift off to sleep, as they're going from beta brainwaves down to alpha, down to delta brainwaves, because your brain's always listening and taking in that information, whether you're talking to yourself, whether you're getting it off the television, off a podcast, or listening to a recording as you drift off to sleep at night. So tell yourself better things and you will get better results. Um, you were talking about the fact that you had a major shift in your career. Um, and then that was an altering point for you. Can you, can you share a little bit of that story? I'm sure that others will relate to parts of it or get a better understanding. Absolutely. So in, in my former career, I was a creative director in web development and high tech, and essentially I got bullied out of my job. And it was really devastating and it crushed my confidence. It decimated my sense of self-worth. And I was quite a deer in the headlights of, gosh, what do I do now? And it's what led me to coaching to help me figure out what to do. And in the process of being coached, my whole, my whole body was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Look over here, right? So I pivoted my career and got trained and certified and, and hung out my shingle back in 2001. So um, I've been doing this a long time and I'm constantly seeking out new tools and new technologies that help us get at the root causes of those limiting beliefs. Because it wasn't, it, the event itself of being bullied out of my job was bad, yes. But it was laid on top of a whole foundation of a sense of lack of worth, a lack of I'm enough feelings um, because of my own experiences in my childhood. And so what I've discovered is that when you get at those root causes that are held in your subconscious programming, you can't access them through the 10% of your brain that is just your conscious mind, right? When you get at those and you neutralize those limiting beliefs, it helps eliminate the trauma out of your system mm -hmm. so that then you can move forward far more powerfully and start telling yourself new beliefs and habits that work for you instead of ones that are holding you back. Um, again, I, I position that I've never um, done hypnosis or hip, hypnotic therapy. Um, I think I find it incredibly fascinating. So do I. <laughs> um, what, um, what would be... Um, is that beneficial to a hundred percent of the people because of that subconscious belief system, uh, that we don't know of what's holding us back or, I mean, talk, talk me through like, when, when would someone go, I need hypnotherapy help? Sure. Sure. No, that's a great question, Allison. So the folks who typically come to me are the folks who have tried a whole lot of other things. They've had coaching, they've had therapy, they've done different modalities to try and get at the thing that's got them stuck, that's got them blocked. And they, they still can't seem to get out of the way because oftentimes those other modalities are dealing from that 10% conscious level, that beta brainwave state. And so um, hypnotherapy is just a tool that allows me to talk to your subconscious mind, which is that alpha brainwave state. And it's something that we all experience every single day. 
If you've ever driven from your house to the grocery store and you've been thinking about three other things, right? I got to get the laundry. I got to pick up this at the grocery store, right? You magically arrive at the grocery store. That's that alpha brainwave, that subconscious mind that's taking you from A to B. So it's a very common thing. It's just how do you access that um, with the help of someone else to get at those root causes, which are stored conveniently in, in your subconscious mind. So everything that's ever happened to you is all stored there. And we tend to block out the things that are painful, right? For our own sense of self-preservation. So going into hypnosis is not about reliving traumatic events. It's simply about recognizing, oh, that happened and it created this belief. And is that belief serving me anymore? No, it's not. So what's a new belief? So that's the rewiring process. We, we choose new beliefs, new thoughts, and we start instilling them, dropping those into your subconscious, which then paves over the old beliefs and rewires the mind with these new ways of thinking, believing, and behaving in the world. Fantastic. Um, I think, um, so if I am to understand this, it's um, partly uh, uncovering and then identifying what the thing is, and then the rework um, that repaves over it. Um, in the process that you take clients through, which one takes the most amount of time? The the uncovering or the re <laughs> repaving? Rewiring. Um, the right word. So... I, I do all my work over Zoom. Okay. Hypnotherapy, it's typically a 90 minute to two hour session, okay. right? Followed mm -hmm. by listening to that recording every night over, over 20 to 30 days, right? And so it's the, the in the session time that we have that we identify and connect the dots between sometimes disparate events that have happened in your life that created beliefs that are now getting re-triggered and showing up in your current day circumstances, right? So you're like, oh, wow, look at that. I had never connected those dots together. So understanding is power. And now with that new understanding, it's like, well, what do I want to tell myself instead? Well, I could choose to tell myself I'm not enough, or I could choose to tell myself I am enough, right? So then I take all of the, the nuances of the conversations I've had with a client and I weave it into what I call a transformation recording. So that recording, which is usually 20 to 30 minutes long, they listen to as they drift off to sleep. And in a very relaxing tone combined with um, binaural beat music, it's purposely intended to have you drift off to sleep. So that your mind just continues to absorb, right? You're absorbing. I am enough. I believe in myself. I love myself. I am capable. I am confident, whatever those words need to be. And that's, what's building the new neural pathways. And that's what takes a little bit more time. Hence why I have the recording for them. So you get to, you know, change, change your brain and change your life while you sleep. What's better than that? Seriously. Right. <laughs> um, the chemistry side of things, you were bringing up the adrenaline and cortisol and how that causes disease and it built, builds up in your, in your body. Um, 
what are some of the things that we physically can do or what are techniques to identify and help our body not to do that? Sure. Well, your, your body is hardwired to react Mm -hmm. to the beliefs and the thoughts that you have. Um, your amygdala, that part of your brain, that is your fight, flight, or freeze mechanism. That's the part that's trying to protect you, to keep you alive. I like to call her Amy. Amy's your amygdala and she's just, she just loves you and she wants you to stay alive. Right? So if she thinks that a saber tooth tiger is running after you, then you're going to run and your body's going to fill with adrenaline so that you can do that. Now, Amy doesn't recognize that the saber tooth tiger is actually your boss, right? Or the argument you had with your spouse or the challenge you had at school with your kid's teacher, right? Whatever that might be. And so learning how to um, start to calm your own system in those difficult moments is really, really key. So um, mindfulness is a really powerful tool um, to help you lower your own stress levels and be able to come back to a place of center um, as quickly as you can when your amygdala has gotten um, triggered. It's called um, a high, your, your amygdala hijacks your brain, literally. So when in those moments of stress, um, say you get an argument with your boss, right? Um, what happens is the amygdala is like, oh my gosh, we're in danger. And so all the blood literally leaves your prefrontal cortex, which is your analytical thinking part of your brain and runs to your amygdala to, to send out these signals to the rest of your body. And sometimes that can take 20 minutes to 24 hours for your brain to come, your thinking brain to come back online. So the more you're able to um, create a shift change for yourself, and go, okay, that was a moment. And let me take a few deep breaths and calm my system down so that you can come back to your thinking brain and, and make um, the, the judgment calls or the, have the conversations that you need to have from a, from a more um, self-aware place versus um, being operated from your fear. Okay. Um, that, that makes um, a ton of sense. And I relate to it a lot. Um, in, um, in your work that you've done, you also do a lot of um, work around um, self-doubt, which I feel is like similar to an imposter syndrome concept. Can you um, talk through that with us? Everyone has self-doubt, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and what I found through all my, my research, Allison, is that imposter syndrome is this kind of politically correct term, right? That we can banter about in workplaces like, oh yeah, I have imposter syndrome. It's this nice way of saying I have self-doubt, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't like to talk about self-doubt because that feels a little too vulnerable, right? And so, and, and all the studies that I've done, I've identified five self-doubt archetypes, um, that we tend to all have different versions of them. One might be more predominant, similar to like the love languages, right? Mm-hmm. There's usually one love language that is our most prominent that we lean towards. It's the same thing with the self-doubt archetypes. And so there's the procrastinating perfectionist, the mm-hmm. shapeshifter, the reluctant resistor, 
the anxious avoider, and the fearful follower. And each one of these are triggered by different, um, essentially traumas that we have lived through in different ways. Um, so for example, the shapeshifter is someone who's um, masterful at juggling lots of things, lots of roles, lots of tasks to please others. Oftentimes because they had a very overbearing or even a narcissistic parent growing up. So they, they do these things in order to stay safe and to create some level of feeling loved. So when you can start to identify the type of self-doubt that you, that you are leading yourself with, right? Then you can start to see, oh, okay. I can start to connect those dots of how I got to this point and make new choices for myself about how I want to move through the world more effectively. Mm, that's awesome. I would love for you to give just a little bit um, more detail on each of those. So anyone listening could get a sense of, oh, okay, like this is what I should do some more research on and, and check out. Absolutely. So the procrastinating perfectionists, these are friends who procrastinate. They overwork because they want to get it all perfect. It has to be right before they're able to release something out into the world. And so um, they tend to um, overwork and get burned out because they're trying to do so much because they're revisiting and reworking and revisiting and reworking. Mm -hmm. A shapeshifter, as I mentioned, is someone who's masterful at um, juggling and people pleasing because they're simply their bodies telling them, oh my gosh, you have to do this to stay safe, right? Because of their previous life experiences. Mm -hmm. um, the reluctant resistor, these are our friends who are, are, are so afraid to be seen or judged or rejected for their work. They're reluctant to take on new challenges. So they tend to hide out in the background. They don't take credit for their own work. Um, the anxious avoider, these are, um, this is my personal favorite, right? <laughs> you know, someone who's so afraid of being rejected for not knowing enough. Um, they're always collecting new, um, new degrees, new certifications, um, and they just don't like asking for help because um, they feel like they just have to do it all by themselves because they'll be they'll be judged and rejected. And then um, number five is the fearful follower, and these are friends who will um, follow other people's advice um, instead of trusting their own instincts because they don't think that they actually know enough yet. So. Um, it might, it might feel like you have a little bit of each one of those. Um, and that, that can be true. I've had clients tell me, well, I'm a fearful follower over here at work, but at home I'm a shapeshifter. We lost power and now we're back. And, <laughs> um, so sorry about that, that little glitch right there. Um, uh, Michelle, you just finished sharing about the five archetypes uh, archetypes of self-doubt, and I super appreciate you sharing that. I do believe that you have um, an opportunity for our listeners to access that. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I have a self-doubt quiz. Um, it takes about three minutes for you to go through it to help you identify your number one self-doubt archetype and give you some uh, some tools and tips on how to start moving past that. Um, so I'm happy to share that with you um, for the show notes. 
Fantastic. I will make sure that I include that. And then Michelle, what is the best way for people to connect or follow you? Sure. You can always find me at michellemolitor.com, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram under Rapid Rewire. And um, I have a a free group on Facebook called Rewire for Success. So come on over. It's a lovely community and you get all sorts of great tips every day. Cool. Michelle, thank you so much uh, for all of your insights today and for the work that you do. Oh, my sincere pleasure. Thank you, Allison. It's great to be here with you. Take care.